welcome to Just Ask Rethinking Development. I'm Greg Jeffrey, founder of CatholicDevelopment.com. With me is my colleague and friend, Brian Wilbert. If you have a question about fundraising and development, this is the place to come. You can reach us at CatholicDevelopment.org. Today, Brian is going to continue speaking about major gifts, specifically what are the hallmarks of a good ask. And last week, can you refresh our memory? You were talking about... Um, yeah, the we really talked about almost the, the pre-ask part of it. What goes in... What, what are the pre-meeting elements that go into a good ask? So preparations before you arrive. Right. That's, that's basically what it was. I mean, to sum them up, it was really... You need to not just think about it, but really pray about what what God wants you to do in this meeting, and, and specifically, more importantly, what is he what is he asking the donor to do? And, and it's your job to go and and match a proposal to that. You want to think about what's their passion to give, which you already should have kind of done through either maybe a prior meeting, or you know that you might have to find that out right away in that meeting and and be ready for that. But finding a way to, and that's, we're going to talk about that today because that really gets into the nuance of the meeting. And then the other big aspect of it I think we talked about was having a written proposal with their name on it if you're going to be doing a major ask for something. And it's a good idea to have not just one with the number you anticipated, but the one with the, the oh crap or divine intervention number. Right. Blank. So, <laughs> so, you, arrive, so you arrive at the, the person's office and the person welcomes you. Walk us through the the visit from that point forward yep your palms are sweaty you know <laughs> think about mom's spaghetti what's that like eight mile song or something like that yeah it really that that is that is the moment some people they fear it i think after doing it for a while i kind of like oh this is it you know this is fun you get to you get into the moment everything else has just been getting ready to be right here right now that's how i like to look at it um i don't know some people maybe have their like their pre-meeting like mantra. I think some people sit in the car and listen to Space Jam or something and just like get jacked. I, you know, obviously I pray, but then you're there. It's time. This is one of the things that I, I think it can be taught. It's not just a matter. It, certainly there are certain personalities that flow well with something like this, but everybody you, has to work to their strengths in a t- in, when it comes to the ask and how they put it forward. But I think one of the things that I find I guess universal is that an ask needs to be clear. It needs to be clear to them that they have been asked for something. And that's where a lot of people make a mistake is where the they make the mistake of thinking that an ask happened, but it actually might not have happened in the mind of the donor. Have you ever come across oh, this, Greg? Oh, sure. It happens all the time, especially with people that have never done this before or with presidents or principals or pastors that have never done yeah, this before. I suppose, yeah, coaching people, yeah. Well, you know, they go in, they have a very, very nice visit. And what happens is um, the president or the pastor is a little bit nervous. The, peop- the person being asked, you know, he might be a little nervous too, right? And so in that nervousness, they tend to make small talk for an hour, the hour comes, the secretary comes into the office and says, Mr. Jones, your next appointment is here. They usher you out and nothing happened except a oh, very, very yeah, nice like, oh, visit. Oh, no, wait, yeah. wait, wait. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Or even just, um, yeah, if you, 
I guess I've I've heard heard it in literature put of like you're the fundraiser, let's say, but there's always those people that are those I guess you call them the primary player, whether that's a principal or executive director. And it's hard sometimes if they go solo, and then you're like, well, did did you make the ask? And they're like, yeah, of course I did. And you're like, well, well, tell me how it went. Well, I mean, he knew that we had a need. I told him how, what we needed to raise, right? It, but but did you ask for it? Well, I showed it to him, you know. And it's like, okay, you didn't ask for mm-hmm. it. So what does it mean to actually ask? Well, I think it's like, you know, in, in, in dating, there's that DTR. Define the relationship. Did you actually define <laughs> it, right? Define the relationship. That's what we, we talked about when I was, yeah, whatever. Dating. Um, but it, uh, yeah, they need to know that. It, and what is it? It's as simple as this, guys. It sounds something like this. You know, Mr. Jones, would you prayerfully consider a gift of $50,000 over five years. Something like that. That, What did I do there? So what? Break. let's back up there. So, but yeah, let's back up because that's the actual ask. Yeah. But when you walk in the door, I mean, for those who have never done this before and are a little bit nervous about having to do this, you walk in the door. Obviously, that's not the first thing you say. I mean, I presume that the first 10 or 15 minutes yeah. is a little bit of just personalized getting to know one another yeah. right i mean what i like to do if i go into a guy's office you know i'll notice he's got a you know a baseball signed by some famous baseball player who's baby ruth yeah, yeah. baby ruth wasn't that a candy bar yeah yeah you know or, or i'll notice that there's there's pictures of the family or there's mm-hmm. uh, an award from the chamber of commerce and what i notice if i'm visiting with men you know if you ask about their business or how they created their business that will always be a great icebreaker i mean oh. yeah because men love to talk about their businesses especially <laughs> if it's a if it's a homegrown business if they started it from scratch and then you hear about their early days and and how difficult it was and they didn't get a paycheck but their employees did and then you learn something about their values right yeah. so that's 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 my first step and then after that then we, we well, get yeah, down to yeah. the, the presenting the case but but how do you have in mind, like, so you're making this small talk. You know, obviously, you're going to start with some small talk, right? Sure. And and I just described what I call meaningful small talk. But once you transition to the topic at hand, yeah, yeah. You, you're, you're making a good point here for our listeners. You have to get down to that point where you actually put the ask on mm-hmm. the table. But how do you transition from the small talk to the business at hand in a way that's not awkward? Is there like a particular line? Yeah, that what's the... What's the nuance there? Yeah, no, and thanks for pointing that out, Greg. I mean, because that is important to know that, yeah, you shouldn't just walk in and be like, I love you, Mary. I always have, always will. You know, I mean, that's, yeah, okay, this is weird. I'm out. Um, no. I have I, no idea what you just said. <laughs> I that was my attempt at Braveheart. That was that was dead on. So, no, it, uh, yeah, you definitely should have that prior stuff. The small talk, the the looking, and, and yeah, this is the, sometimes that happens. If you have to make um, a, and ask a proposal on the first visit, you better be looking around and kind of getting a feel like, oh, does he have kids in college? Does he have this? Because you're getting a feel like what are his obligations and commitments already right. or her. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, what does that... Uh, repeat the question for me, Greg. Wait. Well, the question was, you've made some small talk. If you're in, Like I said, if I'm visiting right, with right. a guy, I look at the office, I look at the, the awards or we talk about how he created the business. But how do you transition? How do you, how do you transition? Typically, you know, um, I I usually have some very comfortable ways of transitioning, but I was wanting I I before I spilled the you want to you want to see my I, I want my see secret how, sauce secret of yeah sauce, what what yeah. what do I do in those moments yeah that that is um it's something it, it kind of, it makes me think of this I was just in a meeting where we were at uh, someone's home and um, 
the person we were meeting with, we knew there was a possibility that their kids might be there too, their grown kids. And they were. And so that really, really changes the dynamic, right? Because you don't want an ask to be uncomfortable for the person being asked. And, you know, if their kids are there right at that moment, you know, it might be awkward to be like, hey, I'm going to ask your your mom and dad for money now. Mm -hmm. So if you guys could go get, you know, it's like, you know, you don't go and just uh, make a make a proposal with somebody with the with people right there unless unless you feel like it can happen i've done that um and and it wouldn't be weird but how do you transition out of that small talk it's really kind of like i think it's just it 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 could be as simple as saying something after that small talk like well if i could would it be all right if we talked about you know some of the the Newman Center's future plans that we're working on right now it could be that you know it's not hasn't have to be incredibly smooth Sometimes I like to, I will tie it directly to something that we're talking to at hand. So if we're talking about the culture or something, you know, usually it comes up, you talk about just how things are going in the culture and things that we're all facing right now. And it could be like, you know, and that's one of the challenges we face when we're on campus is X, Y, Z. And at that moment, I've now taken it back to my case for support and I'm, you know, I'm launching into it. Right. You could probably say something as simple. If I was uh, a pastor and you were my development director, I may say something as simple as, as you know, Mr. Jones, Brian probably mentioned to you on the phone um, our effort at NDSU's Newman Center to build a new uh, facilities for our students. Have you heard much about it? Mm-hmm. I usually I, I I like to ask that question because sometimes they're very well versed in what we're talking about, and sometimes they're not. And it's a nice way to transition and then flip it back into a question to continue to engage the person in the conversation. Yeah. And the reason I do that is because at this point, if you're going out with an inexperienced person, and I'm going to trust a lot of people listening yeah, to us. Yeah, you would do that a lot people. more than right. I do, Greg. Yeah. Well, if you're going out with an inexperienced, and you're not, you're going out with a, with a team player that you've done this hundreds of times. But if you're going out with an inexperienced player, sometimes once they once I transition into the topic at hand, they will tell that person every an annoying detail about the project. And the conversation is gone and it turns into a monologue. Yeah. And that's what you never want to happen. You want it to continue, continue to be... A conversation so yeah. i'll transition and i'll say well as brian probably mentioned on the phone we have a major project underway at the university and uh we'd like, we'd like to spend a minute talking with you about that how much have you heard about blah 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 right? that's a good way to do it great yeah. yeah is to just like have that yeah that question you said like to put it back to them and be like have you heard much about it and transition it yeah so that it just comes down to i i would say don't make it too forced and don't make it too awkward if I if I could just say some quick things on on what what to do in it, I would say number one, my well it's not number one, but a big thing would be don't beat around the bush. When it does come time, this is assuming you've gone through everything else, you've made your case. Don't just keep beating around the bush. Don't fail to land the plane because, mm-hmm. like you said, somebody might come in and say, "Mr. Jones, your next meeting's here" or something like that. And that's why at the beginning of the meeting, you should always ask how much time they have to. Uh, and then what you should do from there is you know don't beat around the bush and then really. Just be clear again when you do make that ask that they know they've been asked. And I always like to just a good rule of thumb is, are you doing this in the present tense? And I mean that like saying, would you consider X amount for X and not saying I was we wanted to see if you would be willing to consider a gift of Mm -hmm. X. Well, did you want to see if I would consider it or do you actually want me to consider it? You see what I mean? Sure. It gets back to your point. I think this is probably the best advice of this whole segment is don't beat around the bush. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Just ask guys. So that's, that's, that's really the heart of it is, um, be clear. Don't rush it. Make sure that it's, it flows naturally. And then when it does come time to make that ask, don't beat around the bush on it. Just ask. Anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? Yeah, if you guys have any more questions, just reach out to us because this is something that I'm passionate about. We could talk for hours on, um, and it really is something that uh, it's important that you do it right. And I'm going to add one last little bit of advice here, if I may. You may, Greg. Okay. Sometimes you put a number on the table. Would you consider a gift of XYZ over five years? Or some language to that effect, Mm -hmm. right? And the person sits back in their chair, they look out the window, and then they say nothing, you know. And and so you sit and you wait for some response, but but nothing comes. Or or you get a, a wry smile out of the person, and you kind of have a feeling that whatever it was you asked for was probably not the right number, given the fact that there's really right. um, a discomfort that comes upon the room, right? So... One last bit of advice for for the beginners out there, and I'm sure Brian does this all the time and and knows this as well, is after you put the number on the table, before you leave the room, somehow you have to verify whether the number you put on the table is truly a number they truly would consider, right? So it has to get down to that, that point of honesty between the two people, between the person being asked and the person doing the asking. So sometimes if I sense that, the, that, that there's a discomfort at the number that I asked for, before I leave, you know, we might even go back to small talk for a while, right? Yeah, because yeah. That, 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 that lowers the tension in the room, right? But if I sense that, um, you know, the guy doesn't want to say yes and he can't, af- he, does, he doesn't want to say no and he can't afford to say yes, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's copied <laughs> a rock and hard place. And he doesn't want to disappoint father either. I would simply say, like in those few minutes where I know the meeting kind of feels like it's coming to a close, I might say, you know, the number that we talked about today, is that, um, is that a realistic number? I mean, I'll just be that blunt. Is that wow, a, that's a good way to put it, Greg. Is, I, is, is that a realistic number? You know, I, I, I'll put it in my, I'll, I'll try and say it with my most sincere voice too. Yeah. Um, you know, is, is that a realistic number? Yeah. And that's well, because I'll tell you why I'll do that. Because if you don't, if you don't, if you don't ask the question when you sense that it's not a realistic number, yeah. then you call the guy back six times, twelve times, fifteen times. He doesn't take the call. He doesn't, he doesn't feels bad about it. He feels bad about yeah. it, right? And so it's better to clear the air, eyeball to eyeball, man yeah. to man. Yeah. Right, you know, (laughs) rather than have this, yeah, forever thing. That's such a good point, Greg. And I, I know we're wrapping up, but it's uh, you, you highlighted the other key thing that I forgot to mention, and that is simply that after you make the ask, you need to zip it and you need to wait for them to respond, and that that is key because it's so tempting to jump in if there's even the briefest silence. Like, I mean, if that's if that's too crazy, you know, we understand. You start making excuses for what you just said. Don't do it. Wait and let them respond. That's excellent piece of advice. It's so. Put the ask on the table and then say nothing more. Right. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Greg. Should we wrap it up with that? I think let's wrap it up. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. We'll see you again soon.